26. Okay, so it really ties in. You know, everything we do in the church is for a purpose. And tonight we celebrate the presentation of, of the Lord. And um, um, the reason why it's on February 2nd is because it's 40 days after Christmas. And at a very literal level, this is Bible Study 101 for, for you who are particularly uh, delving into new Bible studies this semester. But we have within sacred scripture, we have what the literal understanding of what's taking place, which is really important because if we don't have that, then we, it's hard to find the spirit, right? And how the spirit's working in or if people come up with really crazy ideas as to what actually is the, the scripture about. Or you just listen to some commentators today about uh, social issues or stuff, you know, about, you know, what's in sacred scripture and how they, 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 they justify all sorts of things. We call that, as biblical scholars, we call that eisegesis when you try to impose something upon uh, sacred scripture as opposed to looking at what it really means first, what literally is taking place, and then asking the Lord, how, what are you trying to reveal to us through that? And today's really a, a beautiful example of that because, again, the presentation of Jesus in the temple by Joseph and Mary. If we're to really understand what's going on and why they did that, we have to understand what literally was supposed to take place, right? For a Jewish mother or a Jewish father, what they did in the case of a firstborn male after 40 days was they presented them in the temple, and there was two, two rites in particular that, that, that would take place typically. All right? uh, the first is alluded to by the two turtle doves. Right? Um, a woman, after you know, having given childbirth, she was unclean for 40 days in the case of a firstborn male. And so she was coming to make that, 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 that offering that would, that would uh, um, uh, signify her own purification. Right? But interestingly enough, Nothing's really alluded to. Mary, you know, Luke, the gospel writer, doesn't say anything about that. But that's what was supposed to take place, right? That's what most likely took place. That's what we believe took place. But Luke doesn't say anything about it. The second thing was this was what was supposed to take place. And it was called the the redemption rite, right? When when a, a child is, even before a child is born, right, the child is already bonding with the mother, right? Right, through the pregnancy itself, right, quite, quite naturally, right? As, as, as uh, uh, Sarah can, can, can recount, right, he had a, had a lot of bonding with, with John even before um, he was born. But for a, a, a Jewish father, right, nothing takes place as it does today. Nothing really can take place, a whole, whole lot can't really take place until that child is born. And so one of the things, one of the rituals that, that sprung up within Jewish society was what was called the redemption rites. And a lot of this is not just linked to, you know, uh, to the father itself, but it goes back to what took place within the Exodus within um, uh, Egypt, right? Uh, the Israelites enslaved there 400 years. Um, Moses rises up, is sent there to, 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 uh, to, to lead the people out of Egypt. And then uh, with that, right, um, Pharaoh doesn't take kindly to that and tells him to just piss off, right, to, to go away, right? And so uh, the, the Lord sends a, a number of plagues. And the final plague, as you might recall, was the killing of the firstborn sons, right, of, of, of Egypt, right? But for the Israelites, right, from this moment forward, God tells through Moses, tells the people in Exodus 13, right, from this day forward, the firstborn male of, 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 of human beings, but also of animals, shall be consecrated to me. 
Right? But so that's exactly what's supposed to be taking place right, within this, 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 this uh, presentation. Right? That's what took place. What would happen would be is, is that the father would take, the, take, the, take his son, he would put him at the, at the altar, and then he would give the, uh, the rabbi, the rabbi would say, do you want this child redeemed or do you want him to die? Do you want him redeemed or do you want him to die? If you want him redeemed, you have to give me five shekels. Right, and the the father, if he wanted to claim that child as his own, and it wasn't just a, it was a, a conscious participation. Then, really, within the life of that child at that moment, he would give him the five shekels, and then the rabbi would say, "Your son is redeemed. Your son is redeemed. Your son is redeemed." But we have one verse that really kind of alludes to all this taking place. But then there's. There's nothing about those, those two rituals that I've just talked about. Why? Why? Because does Mary need to be purified? No, Mary is most pure. She's already been consecrated to, to, to the Lord. Right? Right? The infant within her womb was, was, was most pure, just like she herself who delivered that baby was most pure. She doesn't need to be purified. So we don't hear about it. Luke doesn't recount it for that very reason. Do we hear about the redemption, right? No, we don't hear about it. Why? Because Jesus doesn't need to be redeemed. Because Jesus is the redeemer. But the two of them went through those rites, we believe, because they themselves made an act of humility. Right? To go along and to do what the law of Moses had told them to do. Right? But that doesn't really answer the question, though, the really deeper question that Luke is really trying to point to us tonight about why they went through it. It wasn't just an act of humility at a very basic level. That's that's what it was. But for us to really understand why they did it, it's, it, 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 it pays for us to, 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 to think about the similarities between this presentation of a child in Jewish culture, you know, within the temple and the, the presentation of a child at baptism. Right? Because um, at, at their infancy. And it's important for us, if, if we're going to understand what they were doing and why they were doing it, we have to really go and ask that existential question of the meaning of life. Right? You know, your, your, your parents or your grandparents might know, remember the Baltimore Catechism. And, and, you know, what was the purpose? What's the meaning of life? To know, love and serve the Lord would be the thing that they bark back to you. But to know love to serve the Lord has a very particular vocation attached to it. And that's really in service of others. To put it in another way for us to help us understand what Mary and Joseph are doing here by presenting Jesus. Right? We have to remember so much in a certain way the circle of life itself. Right? Each one of us was born as a son or a daughter. Each one of us has grown up or you guys are maturing now within your time of college. And the next step after this is to get a job, typically, right? But for some of you, too, like uh, uh, Tammy and, 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 and Deacon Jim's uh, daughter are, are, is planning on getting married already within July itself, right? And that's that next great step, the next great step of life, right? Where we don't only bind ourselves to work itself, but we bind ourselves in service to another. In the case of, of, of Christian marriage, you know, you bind yourself to one another to help each other get to heaven. But in the case of holy orders, I bind myself to the church itself for the sake of not just to bind myself to God, right? but to, to bind myself to the people 
that I give life to through the sacraments themselves. Right? And so marriage in itself is, is, is not an end in itself. Holy orders in itself is not an end in itself. It's not about just the wedding. It's not just about the ordination. Or in the case of, of nuns and, and, and uh, other religious who help and serve in the life of the church, it's not just about that ceremony where they made those vows. It's about giving back, giving back and allowing that bond that they've had and that they forged with one another or with the, with, with the Lord, allowing that, that, that bond to bear fruit, to be creative, right? And for a married couple, as, as we know, <laughs> biology 101, right, that, 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 that comes about within the procreation of a child itself, right? But this is the interesting thing. The Christian understanding of procreation is not just, you know, a man and a woman coming together, right, for, for the sake of, of, of having a child themselves. Procreation is, is more than just those two coming together. It's doing so with the Lord, right? Recognizing that the Lord is the creator of everything, right? And in that, we discover what Mary and Joseph are doing here. Right, within the temple itself, they're making a conscious, a conscious, um, uh, making a conscious decision to recognize and to thank the Lord for the gift that they've received, right? The Messiah into their family, and then they present that back to society itself within the temple to, to, to the culture of that day. Right? This is exactly what uh, the priest is called to do too, as, as well, right? It's not just about, again, about the ordination itself, right, or, or the sacraments that I give, but in, 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 in walking with the individuals and walking with you on, on, a, on a daily sometimes or even on a, on a weekly basis, being a part of those individuals' lives and, and, and helping them to make decisions that then ultimately lead them to become the best versions of themselves, to become saints. Right? This is the circle of life that is most fulfilling, right? There's other ways to, to, to be fulfilled temporarily or in lesser ways, but this is what is most fulfilling. I don't think that that's something that some message that you're hearing, though, upon TV or in the Internet or on, on social media. We, we, our whole understanding of, of what it means to live, our whole understanding of, of marriage and family have, have been so uh, corrupted and, and so transformed over the past generation. But if we understand that fatherhood and motherhood really are the paradigmatic expression of fulfillment, the culmination of fulfillments, when they're exercised with that first person of the Trinity, with God our Father, right, then we recognize again really what Mary and Joseph are about. They're choosing to raise Jesus and they're choosing to, to give him back to the Lord. Right, because they know that it's the father's child first. It's the father's son first. And like them, any father or mother, you in particular, uh, when you get married one day, in, in, in the majority of the cases, you want to see that child grow. You want to see that child become strong, as the gospel concludes tonight. You want to see it filled with wisdom, with God's favor. You want to see... Alluding to, to a couple of weeks ago when we celebrated the baptism of the Lord, you want to see the Spirit rest upon that child so that they become, again, the best version of themselves. Right? Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple, ultimately then to present Jesus back to the Father. 
And what's very interesting, it really confirms this, is in the episode immediately after this within the gospel. Right? The presentation of the temple, some of you might know, is the fourth joyful mystery of the, of the rosary. But the fifth joyful mystery is the, is the next story within Luke's gospel. When Joseph and Mary uh, take Jesus back to the temple when he's 12 years old. And what, what happens within that episode is, is that they're there for a couple of days for the feast of Passover. Then they decide to go back to Nazareth, but they lose Right? They lose Jesus, and after three days, they find him in the temple, and he's not being sassy with his mother, but what does he say? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? I'm in my father's house, right? It was a great reminder within that moment once again that the Messiah whom they were raising was not theirs first. It was God's. And that's also oftentimes so much of what we forget, Hannah and Elkanah, whom we read about within the book of Samuel over the past two weeks, uh, within uh, uh, the weekday masses, right? They took Samuel and they presented him to the Lord. Anna and Joachim took Mary and presented her to the Lord. The question for each one of us, and it might, might, might seem like a stretch today because most of you have no intentions of getting married anytime soon, but what are your hopes for your children? I I really think that it's an important question for you to ask now. That's what so much of college is about. Uh, (laughs) Newsflash, it's not just about getting your degree. Because at the end of the day, um, at least your parents might not not, not appreciate me me, me saying this, and the university might not appreciate me me saying this, but more importantly than you graduating, I really don't care if you graduate at the end of the day but that you discover and mature in, in such a way that, that you prepare to, to be good spouses for one another, that you prepare to give yourself in, in the bond of marriage or in, in consecration as, as I have to the Lord. Uh, because if, if you're going to be able to do so, then you have to start working upon that now. You really do. You really do. Right? This past weekend, what I was, was doing was... Um, Helping out with a, what's called Marriage Encounter. It's a, it's a program that we have that I, that, uh, I oversee within our, our diocese here in South Carolina to help those who are, are oftentimes struggling within their own marriages to communicate with one another. Right? And um, that would be their words of wisdom for you. Some of them being just a couple years in marriage. Some of them being 30, 40, uh, close to 50 years in some cases. Right? To prepare now. Tell those kids, tell the students at Colstow to prepare now to think about what they actually hope for within their own children so that they know exactly how to, to, to train them and exactly how to raise them so that as we hear of Jesus spoken, that that individual themselves might um, right, behold this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, that, that such profound words might also be spoken of them with wherever they settle.